So, hey, welcome to a very special edition of Conversations on the Commission. This is a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact both missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff in an undisclosed location. <laughs> hey, Tony, it, this is a special episode, just like you said, because we are doing a first. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the first podcast that we have had to record from a distance. You're up in New England area and I am down here in Tennessee. And we had plans, you know, this again, we talked about this last episode. We had plans laid out on how this was all going to work. And we we really thought we had everything where we wouldn't miss a beat again after we jumped back in after missing a beat. But of course, 2020 being what 2020 is, we had to part ways and you had to travel up north and I had to go away. And Mm -hmm. so thus we are now using uh, technology and trying to make it work. So if we sound different, everyone out there, this is why, because we are in two total different locations. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And uh, I was just having a conversation with a person in a church we attended on Wednesday night, and they were asking me, are things getting back to normal? How's your calendar? And I said, well, it's a good thing I don't use a paper one because I don't have enough erasers for everything that's been been changed. And the truth is, I don't think I've had a single event on my calendar all year long, at least starting from March forward that has remained exactly as we planned it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I can understand and relate to that statement very much so. And, mm-hmm. and actually that touches on what our theme of this episode is going to be about adaptation, how missionaries mm-hmm. are having to adjust and adapt to doing ministry in light of COVID and re- in light of restrictions that are placed upon them because of COVID in their various regions and countries. And that has been a big struggle for many. Um, It has hit us, even me and you, as Mm -hmm. we have had to deal with candidate school. We we did a podcast, whole podcast episode about candidate school, the importance of candidate school. Mm -hmm. One of the things we look forward to meeting the missionaries at candidate school. And none of that turned out the way that we thought was gonna be (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, not even close. Um, you know, candidate school is definitely one of our highlights every year. We bring those missionaries or the candidates in, get to know them a little bit better in a personal way. This year, with like everything else turned upside down, the vast majority of candidate school conducted virtually. I am thankful that uh, we were able to arrange with proper social distancing and all that kind of stuff, screening committees where the, the candidates came in just as a as a couple or a single missionary and uh, one at a time, literally from around the, across the country uh, at different times in the schedule, it made for a, a much longer process, but at least we had that interaction with them there. And then the rest conducted by uh, virtual classes and all, and uh, at least we have the technology and we live in a day and age where we could do that. I, I still think in person is better, but it, it, it's a year of, uh, I've heard many people say, I'm sure I've said it myself, that the missionary motto is is not just be flexible, but be fluid. We surely have put that to the test this year. <laughs> the, the adjusting even for candidate school, which like you said, there's no better way to describe it than being the biggest week of the year at BIMI. Right. 
And to have to go virtual, that not only required adjusting of technology and making sure things were set up, but then also adjusting how we taught. Mm -hmm. uh, you teach differently when you teach virtually than you would if somebody was there in the room with you. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, I appreciate the perseverance, I could say, of the, of the uh, folks who had to watch the classes because they sat there at a kitchen table or a couch or something for what, seven, eight hours <laughs> listening to different classes and topics for a whole week. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy. That's not an easy thing. But they had to adjust as well. And and that just kind of is par for the course. There's, I'm sure there's nobody listening to this podcast who has not had to have make those adjustments in their own life. Obviously, we all understand churches have had to make lots of adjustments. I, I know my heart goes out to pastors with all the decisions that they have to make mm -hmm. and uh, in trying to lead their churches through some of these these restrictions put upon them by their counties and upon their states even. As, even as we record this, California, I think, is still under uh, stay-at-home orders where churches can't meet and it's all virtual. And that, that, that adjust, causes adjustments everywhere. And then you take that to the foreign field where things are, rules are in place that would never fly here in America, uh, mm. that you can never do in America, but they can do overseas, such as no one's allowed out of the house except maybe uh, for one hour or two hours yeah. at a time on certain days of the week. <laughs> and how do you do ministry when you have those restrictions put upon you? That's hard. It is. I haven't spoken uh, with a pastor specifically about this year and about what COVID has done and the difficulties that it has presented in ministry. Uh, I, I don't think I've spoken with a single pastor who hasn't communicated this almost in, in this direct way. This is the hardest year of my experience in ministry that I've and, you know, whether they've been at it for five years or 25 years, they all seem to have that same perspective. Hardest year of ministry I've ever experienced. And I'm sure it's true. And and not only that, but it's true for missionaries. And like you said, maybe even amped up because of restrictions out of the country that would never be tolerated or been able to been put into place effectively in the United States. But even even in the north, I know uh, with your countries in Southeast Asia as well, there are some pretty severe restrictions. I'm thinking of some of our missionaries in the far north who are in very remote areas working with indigenous people, and they literally are not allowed to get out of the house. Uh, they do have those this is your day that you're allowed to go to the store no other time and, and all of that stuff. As difficult as it has been, and even as I've spoken to those pastors who have said, this is the most difficult year I've had in ministry, uh, what encourages me is I've never heard a single complaint. I've never got a complaint from one of our missionaries who said, you know what, this is too much. I can't do this any longer. Um, I've never heard one of the pastors say that. Yes, it's been a difficult year, but God has seemingly given an extra measure of grace as well for those who are ministering. And they just are pressing on in ways that probably we never thought we would minister in or never even thought to minister in. And uh, it's going to change things probably from here on out. We, we may never minister exactly the same as we did 
prior to 2020. Just some of these missionaries on the foreign field have really had to think creatively and think outside the box. You mentioned your the indigenous people up in, in the uh, northern parts of Canada. And over in the Northern Territory of Australia, they there's a missionary family we have that deals with and ministers to the Aboriginal people. Well, Aboriginal people, they're typically, and I'm, I, I'm painting a broad brush here, but most are on a lower income, so they don't have internet. So how do you minister when you can't even visually stream church services mm-hmm. to them? And then there were lockdowns where you couldn't go out and visit with them. So literally it was ministry by text, texting and phone calling everyone all the time. And our 21st century mindset is like, man, that's so (laughs) who calls anyone anymore? (laughs) But can you imagine if you had to reach out to your whole congregation by just texting them or phoning them, that's it. And, and you couldn't preach. You couldn't right. preach that way. That's a challenge. But the great thing is, is these missionaries, they did it. They, they've been doing it. Now they're able to meet now but, and, and rally the troops again in, as a, in a sense of the church. But boy, it was a lot of work on them to make sure that they maintained a heavy stream of communication with their uh, church family so that they didn't kind of lose people just because of the distance and the inability to gather. Yeah. I was speaking to another one of our missionaries in the North who is in that situation. No, no internet or the people they minister to no internet, really even no text and ability to email. So they did it the really old fashioned way. Uh, The radio station The radio station in their area actually gave them some time in each week. They're ministering and they've gotten at least communications to their people. And and so they're listening to the radio broadcast. But what they found is they're reaching a larger, larger audience than they would have if they were just having church regularly. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. And, and, And that's the great thing is that people have had to think outside the box. There's no doubt. And that's healthy. That's good. In fact, I know one of the classes that during candidate school that we just taught that I specifically get the opportunity to teach, the the title of the class is How to Be a Successful Missionary. Mm-hmm. And it's not about reach so many people or start so many churches. It's not about numbers, but it is more about different qualities that have to be in your, your mind and in your heart and in your life. One of the things I touch on is you have to think creatively, have to think outside the box. And you, no culture, no people, no community group is exactly the same like what you grew up in and what you were trained under, even at Bible college or something. And so you have to think creatively. And now you put that on kind of a hyper level of that when it comes to this. And missionaries, thankfully, just like pastors, have have done some amazing things of creativity on on trying to keep their their folks encouraged. And let me touch on another one real quick is in India, there's some missionaries that we have that deal with people who are deaf. India had some tight restrictions, extremely difficult restrictions to be under. Well, thankfully, because of sign language is a very visual medium, um, WhatsApp. WhatsApp is an app that is kind of a... uh, 
it's a pretty predominant means of communication, texting and video chat and things that most of the world uses. Most Americans don't use it and some don't even know about it, but rest of the world pretty much uses WhatsApp. <laughs> and so what they would do, a devotional every day on WhatsApp, and then they'd do a sermon. The missionaries are here in the United States. They can't get back to India because India is not processing any foreign visas right now. But what they're doing is every day they're recording something and putting it up on WhatsApp. And then it gets passed along. Everyone's sharing it with their friends and everyone's listening, watching it, and then giving it a, you know, a referral to someone else to watch. And so there's actually so many people being reached through the creativity of these missionaries and trying to keep people engaged in, in hearing services and in getting some encouragement from the Bible. Thinking outside the box this way, ministering outside the box this way is, we, we spoke on it, but it, it, it's generating opportunities to minister to larger groups of people than maybe in the past, but then also it's generating some interest as well from people who maybe have never taken notice that there was even a church in their area. I think of one of our missionaries in the far north who, because of the restrictions placed on them, they are allowed to hold a very small group of people with a service inside, but the uh, Department of Health in their area came in and said, your ceilings are not high enough to allow you to sing in your service. You can preach, but you cannot sing. And so what they have done is they hold all of their songs, that part of their service, they hold it outside in the parking lot wow. and, and they sing outside. They do all their hymns outside. Then they move inside as a group and hold their preaching time inside. And you know that that is creating some interest and some people are looking and, and paying attention to what's going on there to a church that maybe they didn't even know was in their neighborhood before or hadn't heard of not for lack of attempts on the missionaries in the past to, to do outreach, but they're really yeah. noticing now. I think of another one of our missionaries in the North who has some of those really tight restrictions where they're limited to such a small number of people who can come into services. Just speaking with him recently, and they are, they are holding at least three Sunday morning services back to back to back. And I think it's four, but I don't want to get the number wrong. Then they're doing multiple Sunday night services. Then they're doing two different nights for midweek services, plus another night where they're doing what would normally be Sunday school. Hmm. And so, you know, at a time like this, there's a lot of traffic going in and out of that church building where it would have been limited to Sundays in the midweek service. And, and people around there are starting to take notice like, hey, what's going on at this church? It's yeah. really active yeah. and it's, it's getting people to pay attention. And there have been visitors and, and uh, you know, the Lord's using it and using the creativity of the missionaries and their ability to think outside the box. You know, I'm just really thankful that God has given us missionaries to to work with and labor with who are determined we're still going to do what God called us to do for as long as he lets us do it in ways that we maybe never thought of before. And, you know, we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about missionaries on the field, but it's also the creativity of missionaries on deputation. I've seen now missionaries who on deputation have instead of handing out prayer cards, because now churches have kind of restricted some, like handing out paper and 
visitors cards and stuff like that. So rather than being the one like I'm coming in and I'm going to hand my stuff out, they now have QR codes set up on their table so that someone who's coming through can, can scan the QR code and get the information about that missionary on their phone or on their, their tablet or mobile device. And I thought, wow, that's that to me was so, so creative Uh, again, just, in adjusting to this thing, okay, how do we give out prayer cards when you can't give out prayer cards? So let's do this. And so they went and they made up a QR code thing. And and again, I just want to say this is good and healthy for us. This is good and healthy for yes. churches because we do get into ruts. We do get into routines, routines of ministry, routines in service, routines and all these things and how to minister to people. And this has forced us whether it be the sending church or the local church or whether it be the missionary on deputation or the missionary overseas to look at everything again and to just say, how, what can I do now different? What can I do? I'm forced to do things differently. What can I do? And, and I know that there'll be some, some things that get tucked away and never used again once life kind of resorts back to normal, whatever that may be. But there are going to be some things that carry on and that will have a big impact. And and that's what we want. That's what we want to see, uh, how the Lord uses these things. Well, when you speak about QR codes, that that is right up my alley because you know what? It's not that I don't want to pray for missionaries and, and all, but you and I spend a lot of time on the road. I can't, I can't carry around my basket of prayer cards that people <laughs> pray around at supper time. But I tell my secretary at BIMI all the time, don't give me any paper. I want digital everything. Uh, some of this is going to stick with us, there's no doubt. And maybe we're going to find it even more effective than in the past because, uh, hey, if you have that missionary's prayer card on your phone, you can you can uh, probably see it more often and be reminded to pray for them than in other ways. There have just been so many different stories of of how people are, are kind of ministering. Early on in the year, we did a, a series of videos called uh, The Commission Continues, I think is, is how we phrase yeah. that. I think of some of those down in South America who... Um, have reached out in in different ways, maybe unconventional ways, even for us um, a little bit. Not definitely not unbiblical ways, as you've been saying. This has really been helpful to kind of think through and think outside the box. And how can we minister in kind of every way possible? And I think that uh, moving forward, we're going to have learned so many different ways that you have ministered that we never thought of before. As I think about all of this, and we, we say it's unprecedented, and I guess in our lifetime it is unprecedented, but we're not the only generation who's had to minister to people during a, a worldwide pandemic. You know, I think it's the grace of God that we live in this day and age and we have the technology to minister in ways that we do. Uh, which we focused on a lot in this particular uh, podcast. But you think of those who lived through the the Spanish flu pandemic back in the early 1900s. They didn't have this technology, but we know this, the gospel ministry continued even during that time. And I'm sure that they were faced with thinking outside the box and, and coming up with ways to minister. But 
For me, I'm glad that the Lord's put us in this time where we have so much technology at our hands and to be able to reach. I think we're going to find out that we are reaching more people with the gospel during this year than we maybe ever would have had this not come to be. Well, and technology, I think people would have to recognize it, can be our friend. It's not all bad. And there's some great benefits to technology. Obviously, we've been talking about how missionaries have been using technology Churches have been using technology. Think about even how, you know, one of our themes of is the things that impact partnering churches. Well, missions money and missions giving, there was great concern when people couldn't meet. How are we going to get the our tithes and offerings and give to missionaries? A lot of churches went to electronic transactions going to, hey, deposit your tithes and offerings via online means or use uh, the automated way that banks can pull money out of your account and if you set it up. And and missions giving has still gone on. And I you and I both know that BIMI is a mission agency, you know, we have had just a bare dip in the the money is coming through to go to missionaries. It's just been such a small drop. And, and it's because a lot of churches also had to make that change to adapt with technology on how do we collect now missions money and give it out to our missionaries because they wanted to be faithful to it. And that's, that's the great thing about this is that everyone's trying to still do what they can do for the Great Commission. Missionaries, partnering churches, everyone's like, hey, we have a responsibility yeah. upon us. Let's let's do what we need to do to make sure this responsibility is, is done, whether it be us doing candidate school virtually or whether it be offerings given virtually or whether it be missionaries ministering virtually. We've all had to make adjustments and it's it's good and healthy in so many ways for us, even though it may be difficult. It's good and healthy. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, speak about making the adaptations. Um even this podcast, by the time this is presented and edited, you won't know how many times we've dropped the call <laughs> and adapted. <laughs> so um, it is interesting, but thankfully the Great Commission does continue that God has given us the ability to minister in so many different ways is just, I think, the grace of God. Hey, this has been fun. This has been different. And hopefully it's a help to those who are listening. We look forward to meeting with you again next time. If you have any questions or comments you want to share with us, all our contact information is in the show notes. You can connect with us that way. But until next time, we hope you have a great week in the Lord. And again, thanks for listening to Conversations on the Commission.